The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Today in episode 39, you're going to meet one of the PA Platform's coaches, Hannah. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week and I'm excited about today's interview. So if you've checked out the PA Platform website lately, by the way, I'm Savannah. I created the PA Platform, which is a website, and the Pre-PA Club podcast and Facebook group. But if you check out the website, you'll notice that some things look different. I'm kind of revamping things a little bit, trying to make it a little easier to find the information you're looking for. If anybody has any suggestions on that, please let me know. Shoot me an email or a message on Instagram, whatever. So website design is not my forte, but I'm learning. Anyway, um, today I'm talking with one of our coaches, but if you looked at the website, you may have seen that we've added some coaches lately, and I'm really excited because what that means is coming into interview season, if you need a mock interview and you want to work with a PA who kind of knows what they're doing and knows what the admissions committees are looking for, and you want to work with one of our coaches, there's going to be a lot more availability as far as time goes um, and different opinions. So sometimes people like to do a session with more than one coach just to get a different opinion and kind of practice with different people. So I'm really excited about that. We now have people in every time zone, which is awesome because I know my West Coast people were struggling with me being on the East Coast. And one of those is Hannah, who you're going to hear from today. And she is a PA who is also from Georgia, like me, went to UGA, like me, and then moved to New York, worked as a PA, and now is in California. So she has definitely some interesting insights you're going to hear about. Um, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode, My PA Resource. And a huge thanks to them for just kind of helping me out <laughs> with things. But also I do edit for them. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service specifically for PA school. You can use the code PREPA CLUB for a discount if you want a PA to look at your essay edit based on content, grammar, flow, make sure everything looks good and make sure you're on target with what the schools are looking for. So definitely check them out. And I guess we'll jump into our interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. 
Okay, guys, I have a really special guest um, that if you've looked at the PA Platform website, you may have seen her picture on there, but I'm speaking with Hannah, who is one of our coaches, and she's going to tell us a little bit about why she became a PA. Um, some She works in California, so that's a lot different than me working in Georgia. We have very different perspectives, and you used to work in New York, correct? Correct. Okay, across the country, PA. Um, but we have some really fun things to talk about, and I'm excited to hear more about her experience, too. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about kind of a, a quick background on you becoming a PA. Hi, guys. I'm Hannah. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I've been a PA for almost four years now and just recently moved from New York to California. And um, I've practiced in a few different settings, which is probably the main reason why I became a PA. I'm fascinated by medicine, but mostly how all types of medicine integrate together. And um, I started out uh, by going to PA school at, at Pace University in New York in Manhattan. Um, which was a big lifestyle change. I grew up in Georgia. Um, it was a very fast-paced program, as some of you guys already know, as you're fighting through the PA school life. And I went there for two years, and then shortly after graduating, started working in a family practice and sports medicine mixed practice, and was fascinated with sports medicine. Um, I, at the University of Georgia, where I went for undergrad, um, I worked as an athletic trainer and went to through the athletic training program, um, which is how I actually found out what a PA was. I didn't know until my fourth year in undergrad um, and did an add-on year to make sure I had all my classes to apply to PA school. And the PA that kind of took me under his wing, his name was Kelly, um, was a PA that worked for the UGA football team and was a sports medicine PA and was so passionate and just had a great relationship with all of his patients. And um, I wanted that. I wanted the feeling of making a difference and having someone be able to succeed in their own life because they weren't battling through medical um, problems um, or make their life as, um, you know, you can't fix everything, but you can make life as easy and as functional as possible. So I was in New York for three years practicing and um, I moved out with my fiance to California, mostly because of his job change, but we love sunny weather and definitely live or try to live a little bit more healthy, integrative lifestyle. And I'm fascinated to see kind of how California brings that out in my PA practice. Cool. So what, you haven't started yet in California. No. So okay. I'm going to be at urgent care um, and starting out as a per diem, just so I have a little bit more flexibility with trying to balance planning <laughs> and <laughs> figuring out all the lifestyle changes. But um, I will start at the end of this month. And that's the biggest thing I've learned, actually. So I've never worked for a hospital. And it's taken almost four months to get everything through with ID wow. change and um, DEA 
changes. So definitely something to keep in mind. I mean, the move for us was a pretty quick decision. Um, so I didn't look for a job. And I also have learned that it's really important to work with people that you enjoy. And so when I moved out here, I shadowed actually for a little bit to make sure I was a good fit with the practice. So I'm looking forward to who I'm going to be working with. Okay. Well, and we'll get back to PA school stuff in a second, but um, did you find it fairly easy to get a job once you got there? So there were definitely a lot of openings, um, a lot in family practice, a lot in pain management. Um, I think I was interested in either urgent care or sports medicine orthopedics. So just finding that more niche and location, I was not willing to drive two hours to get to work every day. Mm -hmm. or so availability, yes. I think it's just making it match with your lifestyle and flexibility was a hard part. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, fun fact, we both went to UGA and then- Yeah, good dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, both from Georgia. So looking back on your experience as an athletic trainer, do you think that was beneficial for you going to PA school? Do you think that prepared you? I get a lot of people who kind of ask about that as far as doing that for their experience. I thought it was incredible experience. Um, I probably would have approached it a little bit differently had I, if I had known that I was wanting to go to PA school from the get go. Um, but you see every aspect of medicine. You're there from the time of injury, you're there through the rehabilitation of an injury um, on the sports medicine side, if there's surgery needed and all the, the nine months or more of recovery. Um, and then on the other side, you're also there for all of the family practice internal medicine side. Is it a cold? Can they take allergy medicine before this game? Um, sleep medicine, uh, stress, anxiety of college. So I thought it was fantastic because you saw the full scope, but you also weren't just diagnosing. You were really going through the whole treatment with someone. So it was great preparation for PA school. Okay. So when you decided to go to PA school, um, were you accepted your first cycle or did you have to? Remember? I was. I was accepted my first cycle. I applied to 10 PA schools. I interviewed at three PA schools and was waitlisted at all three um, and was accepted. The PA program that I applied to um, changed their class size from, I believe it was 60 or maybe it was 50 to 70 students. So I went to a very large PA school mm -hmm. and changed the class size. They got a grant to change the class size. That's when I got bumped in from the wait list and was very excited. <laughs> I on graduation day from Georgia. Oh, that is exciting. Um, so what do you think, looking back, because now you're helping out with interviews and mock interviews with the PA platform, like what advice would you have given yourself going into those interviews now? So looking back, when I found out what a PA was, I was just kind of filled with excitement and jumped on top of it. And as most of us that go to PA school are very type A, OCD, very organized people. Um, I went full throttle to applying. And 
the fact that I came from undergrad and went straight into PA school was beneficial in the fact that I was used to studying and working really hard. But I do almost wish that I had taken a year off and had just worked purely as an athletic trainer in the medical field. Because the more experience you have, the it's only going to be more beneficial in how you practice. Um, and I definitely think as I've grown as a PA, I've noticed that age and just maturity definitely helps in the way that you treat or approach a patient. Um, so I think just having more patience with ourselves in terms of the process and enjoying the entire ride, which is a lot easier to say from this side than it was back then. <laughs> But um, every experience is definitely beneficial. It's a lifelong career and process. Yeah, and no, I, I definitely agree. Um, what about PA school itself? Was there anything that surprised you about PA school or you found what was the most challenging part of it, I guess? They warn you that it's going to kick your butt and it does. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, there's just nothing that can prepare you for taking two or three exams a week. And, you know, they tell you not to cram, but you have to cram. And I had no idea my brain could hold as much information as it did. That's a good way to put it, yeah. And now I feel like I've lost a lot of that, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not good. Definitely have to keep up with it because it doesn't stay in there very long. <laughs> oh, unfortunately not. Um, switching gears just a little bit. Um, tell me, so recently you went to Peru, and this is something that we wanted to talk about. And um, before we re started recording, we were talking about just international medicine and how it's something that's really interesting. Um, but you went to Peru to work on Spanish since you had a nice little break getting your license um, just tell me about that experience like I really want to just know more about it it was incredible um it, where do you even start so it's always been a goal of my I mean New York there it's very Spanish prominent um and California as well so I think I think also to um just have the knowledge of how people practice medicine around the world is not, you know, it's not cookie cutter. There is an art to it and why do people practice certain ways? Um, I mostly went just to learn Spanish um, because you have to start from somewhere and I probably should have retained more Spanish from high school, but um, it was four weeks of Spanish school for, for six hours a day. Um, so I learned a lot of Spanish and I'm also very lucky. My fiance is fluent in Spanish. She's actually from Peru. So, um, we're practicing a lot at home, which has helped, but, um, now I hope to just go back and I was researching quite a bit. I had some friends who are, um, now practicing MDs or physicians that did medical rotations in Peru. And I found several programs that actually take physician assistants and know what we are and what our role is and how, you know, because for those of you who have tried to research it, it can be very difficult as a PA to find those opportunities unless you're in, already in school. Um, and so, yeah, it was wonderful. It was really great. Is it something that students could do or somebody who's like in a gap year or something like that? All of the above. So current PA, they accept current PA students. 
they accept um, practicing PAs and um, anybody who's pre-medicine, whether it's nursing, PA, or MD, um, the list goes on, um, that's a, probably the easiest, but um, all are above. And we can put a link to the website. Okay, the perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely link to too. it. Um, and was it focused on like like medical Spanish or just Spanish in general? Yeah, so there, there are definitely options in terms of what you want to focus on. Um, for me, I didn't, I felt my Spanish was so basic, I needed to really focus on just general Spanish. Um, but there is medical Spanish that you can kind of choose to focus on instead. So that's, that's the goal to get to that <laughs> self. Um, but for those of you who are already have some strength in Spanish, or your high school Spanish was a little bit <laughs> more fluent than mine. <laughs> the medicine route's the way to go. Okay. What, so people ask a lot of times, like, should I travel internationally or do these trips or whatever? Um, which my answer is usually yes. But what did you learn or see as far as, like, cultural differences? And, like, how do you think that influenced, I guess, how you'll practice medicine here? that makes sense that's such a great question um so quite a few things well one i think that i definitely agree 100 percent. i think it's important to expose yourself to just the world and different types of medicine when i was in pa school i did a rotation in south africa um and also learned a lot from that but from having already practiced and just picking up on different cultural practices Peruvian medicine, um, so the, the people who, before the Spanish came over and took over Peru, the, um, the natives are, their names are Cusquenians, and they really believe in native Amazon practices. They use a lot of different plants and meats and um, different traditions to, whether it's a more spiritual belief because they want to ward off something or because they believe it will treat something. For example, I came home one day. So I lived with a Peruvian family for four weeks and I came home one day for lunch and my abuela, my house grandma had a piece of bacon placed over her eyebrow. And I, you know, she's in the kitchen cooking. And I was like, there's no way something that big on her face. She doesn't feel, I don't think it got there on accident. And so I asked her, I was like, what happened? she said that she was walking down the street and she turned around and accidentally walked into a tree and had was concerned about the bruising and they believe that the red blood cells of the meat will pull the bruising out so that she won't have bruising um and they'll do the same thing like if a her son had been in a car accident and they wrapped his entire body in deli meat to prevent the, the bruising, the swelling. So it's just, it's a very different. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on that, they, um, you know, very strong beliefs in, in different teas and plants. So um, coca leaves, which is how we make cocaine, is, is legal there. Um, and coca, um, all the people there, you'll find it. So Cusco is where, which is where I was for the majority of my time, is a little over 11,000 feet up. So there's a lot of altitude sickness for those of us who are not 
acclimated to it. And it will attack anyone at any age. It doesn't have to be just because you're older or have comor comorbidities. Um, but the way that they, you can drink coca tea, um, but the Cuscanians actually practice it by putting two or three leaves in their mouth, chewing it and leaving it almost like tobacco in the back of their, uh, um, in the back of the teeth and kind of gives them a little bit of an energy boost. And um, I need to look up the research behind actual effects or if it's even been researched. But these people, I, you can't even explain the trails that they climb and how they manage to carry these giant sacks at, at that altitude um, and for so many miles because the I think the most famous route is the Inca Trail that people are aware of. Um, but the true kind of um, trails go all the way down into Chile and all the way up into Colombia. So they're thousands and thousands of miles long. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what have you, and we talked about this a little bit too, but so you've done your Peru thing. Now you're about to start working in California. What so far have you noticed as far as differences, even in just licensing or laws or how is being a PA or practicing medicine in California at this point to you different than what you've done in the past? So the biggest difference in this isn't so much California, I don't think, but I'm not positive is just the, um, the fact that I'm joining a hospital system. Okay. They know everything that has ever happened in your life. They're looking in every crook and nant. You know, I've the packet of information that I got was hundreds of pages long to go through. Mm. Um, so that was exhausting and very thorough, and I hope for a good reason. <laughs> um, but in terms of the practice of medicine and just kind of with shadowing with the physician and the team that I'm going to be working with, um, integrative medicine is a big thing. People don't always, you know, in a lot of states, or at least in New York, we have to tell patients maybe why we shouldn't be giving them antibiotics. And here they're always asking, well, what can I do instead of antibiotics? That's interesting. So I definitely need to not only update myself, but just start kind of researching. And this is such a growing field, but more homeopathic and integrative medicine that people are interested in. Um, in terms of just hours and um, practice models seem to be similar. I definitely have noticed that the physician that I'm the um, teamed with, and there's several physicians that work per diem for us, have a very um, balanced kind of work lifestyle ethic that we didn't see in New York. Okay. New York, go, go, go. Can I work five jobs at once? And how can I afford my rent? And LA is a little bit more, I'll be in at 11. I'm going to go catch the surf in the morning. <laughs> no, um, no, there's a good work ethic, but definitely a little bit of a more, almost a European work-life balance. Is what, but I'll, it'll be interesting to be there, you know, on a more regular basis and see how it actually feels. No, that's awesome. Um, so one question I always like to ask is, what advice would you give to someone who is on the line about becoming a PA? Like they're not really sure if they want to do it um, or if it's the right thing for them. Like what would be your advice to that person? So coming from someone who thought about going to med school a little bit, um, 
I think if you're passionate about one thing, if you had a relative with breast cancer and that's your passion or you're interested in gastrointestinal medicine, I think it is something to step back and kind of look at maybe going into medicine. You know, I remember thinking, wow, um, you know, four years of med school and that doesn't even include fellowship and residency. That's a long time. But it's also the, the further I get into PA practice, the more I realize it's a lifelong learning, um, which I love about it. Um, so if you're really passionate about just that one thing, I would kind of motivate you to look a little bit more at the difference between PAs and MDs um, and versus and PAs just also looking at the, the biggest thing that I really believe no matter where I've been in practice or just watched friends practice is the relationship that you have with patients. Um, I really do believe that there's some innate difference between a PA and an MD that just, whether it's a focus on research or just having that lifelong deep care for a patient's outcome. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Totally agree. Um, all right, well, anything we didn't cover or I think we covered lots. No, that was great. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about Peru and traveling as a PA forever, but I, I know, think our field continues to grow with. No, it's a good thing. Well, yeah, and like you said, we may, may end up doing some blog posts about that and getting more information out there because I know people are going to want to know about that. So, anyway, but, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. And, thanks for having um, me. Yeah, so like I said before, Hannah's one of our coaches. So, she's helping out with mock interviews, um, has some really great advice. I've actually learned things from you when we were training and kind of working on stuff. So, um, yeah, if you want to schedule with Hannah, if you have an interview coming up, let's let me know. We'll do it. So there'll be links to everything in the description, though. Great. Thanks. So I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about Hannah's experience. And you can find her contact information on the PA platform. You can email her at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A, at thepaplatform.com if you want to. Neither of us have H's on our names, so that's kind of like my sister's named Hannah. It's kind of a funny thing. But anyway, um, I hope you guys liked that, and we'll probably talk more in the future about different things. I think she's going to jump on my social media while I am having a baby in a few weeks, and <laughs> so you guys can meet her there as well if you follow along on Instagram. But I can't believe we're 39 episodes in. This is crazy. But if there's anything you want to hear about, please reach out, let me know, leave a review. Um, in the description, there's a link to where you can leave a voicemail if you have a question you want answered on the podcast. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>